Hello and welcome to the Banker podcast series, Banking in Transition, where we explore how banking has changed through the COVID-19 pandemic and is adapting for the future. In this series, the Banker's editors are interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practices and innovations that can help banks and their customers as we move towards a new normal in banking. I'm Kimberly Long, Age Redditor of The Banker, and today I'm speaking with Nick Appleby, Financial Services Consultant at Planix. Hi, Nick. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks a lot. Pleased to be here. So to begin with, Treasury teams are now often expected to be able to process instant payments. What challenges does this pose to having liquidity held in the right place at the right time? I think we've seen an evolution, haven't we? And and like you say, instant payments is kind of, I guess, in vogue and it will be increasingly do so. So immediately when you look at that question and say, well, how do I make sure that I have the liquidity in the right place at the right time for something that is or can be actually somewhat unpredictable, given the nature we can all make payments on our mobile phone or, or, or other really. So what do I do? So the easy answer is well how do i get over that challenge well i can just make sure i have more than enough liquidity um, at the right places at the right time but that's not really the right answer because obviously there are pressures on firms generally around margins and costs so i'd mostly take it kind of a little bit further back and kind of try and understand when I'm going into my instant payments, what do I need to do to make sure I can address some of these challenges that we all know that are in place? So previously, as we know, um, most of the what is now instant payments was either batch processing or I could still you know, pay by the end of the day. And that was good from a liquidity management point of view. You know, I had time to assess and address accordingly. But now that's not so um, readily available. So if I am going to start going into the instant payment arena, what does that mean for me and what should I consider? And I've got a couple of things that I would recommend people do on this one. So really, as an organisation, do I really understand what instant means? Do we really need to make payments instantly? Does it really matter if um, it settles within 15 seconds or by the end of the day? So when we're offering our client bases that opportunity is it the right thing to be doing key as well what does it mean for our processes you know including staffing levels we've often got that 24 7 now so what does that mean do i need additional staff what are the processes and the procedures i need to wrap around that importantly as well and this is one of the main challenges um, outside of the liquidity have i got the appropriate technology or what do i need to allow us to monitor that 24 7 um, you know, does it does it create alerts? Um, can I access, do I get good visibility of all my accounts that enables me to manage and monitor and move liquidity at the appropriate times? And then really understand the cost. Um, there is a cost to having liquidity, as we all know, and hence why we don't want to have too much is my, my first point. But do we know about that? What's the cost? What does it mean from a tech point of view? What are the fees it's going to be? And that could be cheaper. It could be more expensive. But really understanding those costs as a business, as an organisation, it would give you real clarity on how you go about addressing the challenges. And then finally, I think governance is going to be key. You know, again, we can stretch this to procedures, processes. But actually, at the end of the day, I'm going to want to be monitoring. You know, this is going to be unpredictable. This is going to change. I want to be able to address this going forward. Um, So I think governance is going to be a key part. 
So I say all these on the basis that I think if you do consider and understand all these, then I think you are um, kind of in a far better position to address any challenges that might come about because of instant payments. We all know there are going to be benefits. It's just making sure we fully understand them and we kind of mitigate against those as much as we can. The instant nature of payments has really increased regulatory focus on ensuring that payments are taking place in a a safe and appropriate way. Uh, What are they looking for and how can compliance be obtained when monitoring is needed around the clock? I'll most probably answer this in in a couple of parts, really. So I think, like you say, instant payment automatically means kind of time critical. You haven't got the the comfort or the ability to necessarily manage it throughout the day. Like I don't get advice. So just generally that for me doesn't ring alarm bells, but it puts extra scrutiny. Like you say, the regulator will mostly want to know how you're monitoring that. And I think so. That's why I split this into two parts. Part one, really. And it's slightly um, not just pertinent for instant payments. It's around your whole processing. So what looks good for managing your payment flows, your your kind of intraday liquidity, as it may be. So with any type of settlement or system, I think the regulator will expect a kind of a certain level of maturity. And that maturity is based upon where the size of your organization and also it can fluctuate from regulator to regulator but the key points around this are more to do with your ability to when asked or approached or you have a liquidity review is can you demonstrate and evidence more importantly your your real ability to monitor to have controls to be able to report and actually to where have you got your procedures, your policies and your governance around your systems? How do you operate as an organization? Do you understand your business? Who's driving your numbers? All that is crucial, not not just for instant payments, but across the spectrum, whether you're a central clearer, whether you use an agent bank, whether you've got client activity, that expectation will still be there. And depending on where you are, that will, that will change per regulator, et cetera. But certainly the focus that I've seen is at the moment, the regulators are certainly um, broadening their, their their net, shall we say, in order to capture more clients. So what was an expectation, you know, kind of a couple of years ago, let's say, to just report has now really changed into, well, that's great. Thank you ever so much for that client. But we really want to know, how do you understand what do you report? etc so that's across the board so i don't think instant payments necessarily changes what you should be doing part two of this is more from a regulatory reporting point of view and it's a really interesting um kind of point to talk about in as much as if we cast our minds back and we've heard these things around just generally regulatory reporting you know you need to report on what you're doing per account there's never really ever been uh, an appetite whether this you could look at BCBS 248 or, or the local regulators, depending on your jurisdiction, to kind of go down to the necessary to the level of your, your instant payment schemes. And there was a reason for that. One re- real reason is that that liquidity was either moved in or out of your, your large value payment system and or it settled across your large value payment system. And that's interesting because that's how many firms used to capture this. And that was the regulatory approach. But as we touched upon 
previously, instant payments straight away kind of says to you that's time critical, which is a focus for regulators. You know, you need to understand that criticality and goes back to needing liquidity at the right in the right place at the right time. But actually, as we as we go through today, and we we see that there is that focus of shifting from you know your traditional ACHs through to your instant payments, there's still no real guidance or push as far as I can see from a regulator to start looking at, um, well, actually, I want you to start reporting to me your activity across the large value, uh, across the instant payment scheme. There still is only a push to do it across your large value payment system, which is kind of fine because you can still fund your, your, your kind of account. But I can only think that whilst it's not there now, as we see a lot of the retail flows and we see a lot of the ACHs moving across to the instant payments, I can only envisage that slowly but surely the regulator will become more interested and maybe they will start thinking about, you know, having you report not just on your large value payment system, but also your underlying activity that goes through your instant payment schemes. It's not there yet, but I think it's certainly one uh, to have a watching brief over because I can I can quite easily see that that landscape changing at some point. And if you do need to do that, and this goes back into one of my original points, is if that is going to come, I think as a as a as a firm, as an organization, if you have the right capabilities in place from the outset, when and if this challenge comes, you're in a really strong position to start reporting. And actually I would even say that you would be internally reporting anyway so they're the kind of where i see the two main regulatory focuses right now and even with all of these different challenges instant payments provides a lot of new opportunities and so what benefits can be seen from moving towards instant payments well i, I, I there are multiple really and again um, this could depend on obviously who you are so different firms so whether you're a bank you could be hedge funds you could be an insurance you could be a manufacturer um, it's different for different people but effectively there, there's going to be a kind of a, a kind of a, a chain of events so whether you're you're using an agent bank it's going to kind of formulate into a liquidity need somewhere so i've got a, a few examples of where i think there will be benefits um or we can already see some of those right now and again a lot of this means that getting ahead of the game really understanding what this means to you as an organization as per my first kind of couple of points when we open this conversation up are really key to understand so they're all intrinsically linked so what does it mean and where do we see benefits so a simple one better service to your clients you know a lot of this is generated from a need for the market to change in you know we see a lot of the retail market covid certainly has pushed more things to that instant kind of cash payment whether they're cards you know we've seen that there's there's been a kind of i think it was a 50 percent reduction in what's paid by cash so obviously things are moving more electronically which is a steer and we see that trajectory moving even more so it's just an expectation so the benefits of your customer you've got a better service to them you know you've got you've got them you're giving them the ability to move money and quicker what does that mean i can certainly see benefits and i can certainly see if you do offer this to your clients then there could quite easily be a kind of a steer for firms to use you as a provider because you can move money quicker 
Um, it gives them access to their money quicker. You know, what about if you was with an insurance company that could move claims quicker rather than waiting like days or weeks, etc.? What about if you could get it out quite quicker? You're most probably that that kind of gets around and you can most really start attracting even more clients. So again, your revenues would increase, hopefully increase that way. Um, another one by offering these services, does it open up other opportunities? We've, we've spoken about attracting a, a wider client base. Does that mean you're now able to offer them cross-sell and offer them different products and offer them better rates because you're attracting, you know, if you're a deposit taker, you're attracting more cash, you can maybe, you know, kind of offset some of that and, and pay better rewards if that is the case. So I think there's definitely those opportunities just from your client base. Also, there's ones that maybe people don't think about quite so much. So if you think about you have the opportunities to lower your transactional costs, your your fees. So traditionally, would it be a lot more expensive to move through uh, money via, let's say, chaps as an example or via target too so from real time is it cheaper and lower cost for you via a service provider for the likes of a you know an fps a, a tips a separate instant you know we see canada the us moving that way so trying to really assess you know all oh, the transaction fees do you get a win there likewise these are all kind of snowball to does that mean you can offer more to your clients or is it just a revenue save for your institution and so you know the margins become greater you also get, I think, the ability to kind of optimize your liquidity in the cash. And again, I'll kind of come back to it really, really does depend on where you are um, or what type of organization is. But if I look at a few examples, once you get over the hump of, you know, there's an implementation and the, the mass, not everyone's going to be in that market at that point in time then I think certainly what you can look to do is you can start to manage your liquidity a lot better. So, you know, it might only be one or two hours earlier. It could be that you've got access to your liquidity a day in advance. So does that mean you can then really, really start optimizing your liquidity going forward? Likewise, I think from people that clients that are reliant on that cash and historically they've had to wait two, three days, if not longer, they've now got access to their cash far earlier. So they most probably had an abundance of trapped cash. They most probably held larger buffers, relied on credit lines with their agent banks and so on and so forth. So again, it just really does enable them to optimize their position, their cash. And so they, I see there's going to be some benefits there. Obviously, if you need cash and liquidity, there may also be a cost. So I don't want to say, oh, but again, it gives you the opportunity to optimize. And then one of the major things we're seeing from a kind of just this whole shift to instant payments, I think what it is doing, it's actually giving, making more standardized approach, which is, which is really good and really key. But what does that ultimately mean? Well, that means, you know, you've got a single message type, and it opens up interoperability between different systems where you may have found that you didn't have access to a certain market because it was a di another different message type or it's very bespoke. It's now not the case or won't be the case. It, it really does increase your chances, your uh, horizon into different markets. So, yeah, I kind of think they're the, the main ones that spring to mind. Um, obviously, I'll caveat my responses in as much as that as I mentioned previously, I think when before you embark on such a journey, 
whilst it's clear that there are benefits, whether that's from day one or not, understanding what is instant, what it means for you as an organization, understanding your costs, understanding your benefits, and making sure you have the appropriate technology and systems in place and staffing, I think it will enable you as an institution to grow. And as we see instant payments evolve, uh, I think it will become even more important. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for joining us today. No, thank you again for inviting me. And you can keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify and Acast and follow the discussions at thebanker.com slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.